When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by the U.S. Army. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. everybody and welcome to the venerable cotton bowl as we are getting set for the latest and unquestionably oddest matchup of this border war between the crimson and cream from the north and the burnt orange from the south the sooners need it the longhorns need it here we go and we're underway from south dallas Sports Network from Learfield IMG College. Race and tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Oh, mama! This. 
This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Tuesday night. It is time for the huddle. Wow. Uh, what a day. Saturday in Dallas, 53-45 in quadruple overtime as the Sooners beat Texas in the longest OU game in the history of Sooner football and uh, the longest OU-Texas game ever. And you just saw off the top there, we've got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> Opening segment brought to you by Noble McIntyre, McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. You've had two days now to let it all soak in. What do you think? Uh, I, that's not enough. I need three or four, I think. That was wild. Uh, a lot of fun. Um, you know, we, we, it started off pretty ugly for us, you know, and we were able to bounce back. I thought our players were tough down the stretch. There was times in there during that, uh, you know, comeback from Texas where I thought maybe our guys were going to give in and kind of yield the game there, but they didn't. They kept scrapping and fighting and blocking field goals and, and making plays, turning the football over. It, all in all, was it pretty? No, it wasn't pretty, but it was a gutsy win, and it probably tells us a lot about this team. One we will never forget for so many reasons on and off the field on Saturday. You saw a lot of the highlights right there, but let's take a look at how this game unfolded on a very hot day down in Dallas. It was, well, it was. Think of the high 80s, but down on the field of that place, all those metal bleachers, it's like a an oven in there and it was mid to high 90s and there you go right off the bat Oklahoma does what they've been trying to do all year Teddy they forced a turnover they do they uh, Osamoa punches it out and the offense t takes over and goes down and only gets three here which you've got to turn those those turnovers especially with the short field like that you've got to turn those into touchdowns but uh, we get the ball back again and go down and score and Rattler looked pretty good early. We had some penalties and some some mess-ups in there, and then things got ugly. 10-0 mm. after the touchdown to Marvin Mims, and Rattler throws it right to DeMarvian overshone. Gives Texas great field position, but they only get three, Teddy. Defense keeps him out of the end zone, and then the very next possession, an ugly fumble that for the time would be it for Spencer Rattler for a while. Yeah, ball security an issue for Spencer Rattler. I mean, the the highs are extremely high, and we see some of the best play we've seen, but the lows are down there. I mean, he's he's pretty reckless with the football. Special teams, T-Row. I know, they did it. Bushevsky took too, too many steps right into David Aguebu, who blocked the punt, and the Sooners turned it into seven. First career touchdown for Marcus Major. There you go, and uh, Mordecai comes in and, and gives the touchdown drive there, although it was only a, a couple-yard touchdown drive, but seemed to calm us down a little bit, and then Texas bounces right back. I'll be perfectly happy for Sam Ellinger to graduate. I'm not going to lie. I know he's wanted four against OU, but I'm tired of seeing him run it in from inside the five-yard line. Well, there's no doubt about that. You know, he's got another year if he wants to hang yep. around, but with the way things look down there in Texas, he may be out of town. That's the capper on the most impressive drive of the day right there. 17 plays, 87 yards in the third quarter, 31-17 OU, and it felt like there, Teddy, they had it under control. It did, and Texas gets the ball back. Gutsy uh, performance here in the fourth quarter under, you know, six minutes or so by Ellinger, and, man, that felt like, okay, Capper, yep. that was it. And Woody then Washington. somehow Ellinger gets the ball back a couple more times and goes right down the field. I mean, it was a one-man show. He was. He was. Great play by Woody Washington. You felt like that sealed the deal, but it didn't. Joshua Moore touchdown. Then with 14 seconds left, Keontae Ingram ties it up. We thought maybe Tom Herman would go for two in the win there, but he didn't. We go to overtime. First overtime, Ellinger runs it in. Deshaun White slipped, fell down. Texas takes the lead. 
Sooners haven't had to play offense in a while. Got to hit the gas again. And on third down and eight, Rattler finds Stogner for a tough catch at the goal line. That was a nice one. And we end up going for it on fourth and inches down there in overtime. Uh, we ball play action on the first one. It looks like Texas had it sniffed out, but Herman had a timeout called and we end up sneaking it in. Second overtime, Sooners now up a touchdown. Ellinger with his feet again. That's a hold on Osamoa. Not <laughs> called. Ellinger weaves his way into the end zone, and we play on in Dallas. We're going to a third overtime. Time to get weird now. Texas forced to try for a field goal, and it's blocked. Perry on Winfrey got his big paw up there. Dicker, the kicker, turned away. All OU has to do now is kick a field goal to win it. Gather the kids. We're headed to the door. No! Gabe Burkish yanks it. Wow. Second miss of his career. Fourth <laughs> overtime. OU gets the ball first, and that's a dime to Drake Stoops. Beautiful throw. Steps up in the pocket. Creates a little bit of room. Throws it on the run. Hits Drake Stoops right in stride. I love that route, too. It's a crossing route that he ends up taking vertical. Pretty cool. Oh, we missed the two-point conversion. That was a great throw. But here's the way the game ended. Trey Brown, the pick in the end zone. Third turnover forced in the game by the OU defense. Sam Ellinger is going to see Trey Brown in his nightmares. Remember, he got him for the safety right. down in Arlington in the Big 12 championship game. Lincoln showing a little midriff. He's so excited as the Sooners win it at four overtimes. And the Golden Hat stays in Norman, 53-45. Oh, I'm exhausted going over the highlights again, <laughs> know, Teddy. It just goes on forever. What a game. It was crazy. It was fun. Again, not the not – the most pretty of performances by either team. There was turnovers. There was tons of penalties in there. But, man, it made for an exciting game. Uh, great comeback by Texas and a great job by our guys, you know, having a big lead, you know, and then squandering it, having the resiliency to not just give up at that point, to fight back and show the toughness down the stretch. I mean, uh, you know, after Texas had the – um, you know, we they got their field goal blocked and then we missed. You know, you felt like, okay, well, maybe they've got the momentum right now. And we go down, score a touchdown instantly and put the pressure right back on them. It was, it was a tennis match. Most points ever scored in an OU-Texas game. OU 16-0 against Texas when leading by 14 after three. That almost uh, went away. Lincoln Riley 4-1 now against Texas, which conversely means Tom Herman is 1-4 versus OU. Four-overtime win, just the second time a game in the series was decided after regulation. Obviously, James Allen, 1996, was the other. You had six combined turnovers. You had, I think, 22 combined penalties in that game. You had two blocked kicks. Fortunately, they both were by Oklahoma. But we tried. We were on the air for about an hour and 45 minutes in the postgame. And we still left some things out that did. happened in that game that were crazy. So let's start with this. Who was your player of the game? I'm going with Aguebu. I thought I like it was it. A, a great performance by him. You know, he's he's really inexperienced at inside backer. But here he is getting a sack, came in the game, uh, did a really good job. You know, he, he didn't he didn't play the entire game, but he ended up with six tackles, had a tackle for loss, a sack, um, and then blocked the punt, which I thought was huge. And there's some other things he did in there to affect the running game. Just with that big body, uh, he pushes those offensive linemen around and then fighting in there to go get that block and then recovering it. Uh, man, I bet he wishes he scooped that and scored it. But I thought all in all, really good game by David Aguebu. And there was a couple of different guys that I thought about going with uh, defensively, Isaiah Thomas, I thought, had a really good game. So there were some guys defensively who played pretty good. We thought his physicality might match up well with the Texas running game and Sam Ellinger, a part mm -hmm. of that running game. And that turned out to be the case. I like it. I'm going offense for my player of the game and TJ Pledger. Pledger goes 22 carries, 131 yards, two tugs. Yeah. He caught two passes for 24 yards. You know, we said going into this game, Teddy, we say it every year, whoever runs the ball better wins OU Texas. That was a big worry for OU going into this game because they had not run the ball well against any of their first three opponents. But they came out with a different mindset on Saturday and 
TJ Pledger ran hard. And I thought he got into a rhythm. You know, it takes a little while to get to know your offensive line, to see where the holes are going to pop open, to get that timing down, that rhythm down. And I felt like he finally got that. You know, it was I, I hated it because I thought the best run of the day that yeah. he had, he had that fumble on, which it was spectacular individual effort. But, yeah, great game from Pledger. And I only expect him to get better from here on out. Ball security is an issue. They gave up a couple of fumbles. They, they fumbled it four times Saturday. Got a couple back Whew, two more times. <laughs> two more times they fumbled it right after the whistle. So, like, six times they put the ball on the turf. Got to take care of that. All right, let's take an opening timeout. When we come back, we'll take a deeper dive offensively, defensively. Drive of the game coming up as well. You're watching The Huddle, and we're brought to you by Bud Light. Is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. AT&T 5G the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Time for our Oklahoma Turnpike Authority drive of the game. Pike Pass is the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas, and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past. Get Pike Pass. Second possession, third quarter. Oklahoma up a touchdown. Teddy, they take over on their own 13-yard line and kind of put the chokehold on this game. Yeah, there's the Wildcat. I just kind of chuckled because that's something I totally forgot about in the uh, five-hour broadcast. Uh, yeah, not only is this the drive of the game, I think it's the drive of the season so far, don't you? Yep. A really good mix of run and pass in there. Theo East with a couple of plays, a heavy dose of the run. Spencer Rattler scrambling around on some passing plays to create some yardage. Just really looked in rhythm. That's a beautiful throw right there in tight coverage. And uh, we saw all kinds of uh, really nice stuff offensively. Good by the offensive line. I felt like Theo Weiss really came alive on this drive. This is a yeah. tough catch right here between two defenders. You mentioned the one on the sideline. Uh, he's a guy that coming into the season, there's another one that I expected big things from. Hadn't seen a lot out of him first three games, but that two-point conversion he had Saturday was big, and on this drive, he was big for Yeah, and there's Major with a really good run and uh, great blocking by the offensive line up front. And uh, Spencer Rattler keeping it on the backside, a little quarterback running game. You just saw a little bit of everything in this drive. Uh, QB scramble out of passing play, some short passing plays uh, going to the running backs here's Stogner over the middle uh, with the gutsy effort going up and he hung on. That. yeah he hung on to that that's one of those where you're mad at your quarterback for throwing it high over the middle but uh, good job hanging on to it and you cap it off with a nice play there by TJ Pledger that's your drive of the game how hey how would you like to be able to listen to Teddy and the rest of the Sooner broadcast while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home go to syncmygame.com to find out how you can. Sooners win at 53-45 in four overtimes. Let's talk a little offense here. Spencer Rattler had the early touchdown, got benched for the majority of the second quarter, came back in the, in the third and the rest of the way in the overtimes. What's your takeaway from how he played? Well, I think Spencer, and it's kind of what we've seen so far this season, is the highs are spectacular. Some of the throws uh, that throw to Drake Stoops was just phenomenal. We saw him scramble around. Here's another one on the run to a wide open Mims. You know, the good is, is fantastic, but the bad is pretty bad too. Needless turnovers. You know, he's had the ball, with the, the uh, possession to end the game to go down and win it with two turnovers against Kansas State and Iowa State. So turnovers have been an, an issue. You can't blame those games entirely on him, but you, you know going into this game, we can't turn it over and beat Texas, and you see a couple of bad turnovers early. 
a direct throw to one of the linebackers dropping out of a, of a blitz, hits him right in the hands with it, and then, you know, not being secure with it in the pocket. You've got to clean those things up. He's a freshman, redshirt freshman. That's pretty typical of young quarterbacks. But, you know, the standard here is extremely high. And that's the first time we've ever seen Lincoln Riley put one of his quarterbacks on the bench, you know, for for a reason like that. And I thought it showed a lot of resolve to bounce back from that situation the way he did. I mean, he looked completely confident coming off of the bench. A lot of guys go in the yeah. hole. Uh, this over, These four overtimes is the best football he's played. Yeah. Early, that is a big time throw, and he starts to stack up big time throws in the first overtime. That pass to Stogner on the goal line when they have been dead in the water for about 45 minutes. Then he hits him again in the second overtime. That's a pretty easy throw right there, but it puts him in great position. They'll pound it in later on. He's got the throw to Stoops. He's got the two point conversion to Weeks. That's one of the best passes he's had all year long. So hopefully. He takes a lot of momentum out of this game because he played great down the stretch. I feel like he's starting to trust his players a little bit better, like throwing it up to Stogner down there in the end zone, letting him go up and make that play, throwing it to Theo Weiss a couple of times into really tight coverage. Instead of waiting for the wide open receiver, he's trusting those guys to make some competitive plays, and it's helped him out a little bit. But he's, he can't be loose with the football. That's that's going to get you sat down quicker than anything. He's just continues to get more and more consistency. I think he's just going to be an outstanding quarterback. That's the complete list of freshmen who have beaten Texas in that, uh, a Sooner uniform. That's Justin the, Fuente, I mean, Sam Bradford. Spitzer at the end Rapp. of the day, that's it. I mean, it, going into that game, we know you can't turn it over, but that's what freshmen do with the yeah. ball. But you know, very few of them have done that and come out with the win, which he did. We talked about the running game, so let's uh, move on to the wide receivers. Uh, a lot of talk about Theo Weiss, but hey, Drake Stoops had a big catch there in the fourth overtime. I know Daddy was happy about that. Marvin Mims had the first touchdown of the game, continues to have a great freshman season. And I feel like another star that has emerged early in the season, but especially on Saturday, was Austin Stogner. Let's look at some of these guys. Yeah, Stogner's been great. I thought, you know, just spreading the ball around to some different guys. Uh, Drake Stoops, you know, quiet for most of the day, then comes up with a huge play in overtime. Uh, Theo Weiss was a guy that before the season we had talked about, okay, he's got a chance to maybe be their breakout guy, their go-to guy. And for whatever reason, it's been pretty quiet for him. But then all of a sudden, OU Texas, there he is, Spencer Rattler. I don't know if it was a matchup that they liked defensively on him or what, but Rattler just started feeding it to him, even yeah. whenever he was in tight coverage and he was making those competitive plays. So right now, I think you've got to be happy. Stogner, Mims, Rambo, just a full list of guys that you can trust on a drive-in, drive-out basis. That's interesting because we haven't talked a lot about Charleston Rambo. He's been kind of a forgotten guy so yeah. far. And, um, you know, maybe he's a guy that's a better second or third option on down the line. We'll see. But did not make a lot of big plays on Saturday. They need no. him to emerge a well, little Well, there's not a whole lot of teams in college football or football at any level that have a third or fourth wide receiver that's – you know, uh, the caliber of Charleston Rambo. Right. So it's a good problem to have. I think, you know, sometimes it's just a, a relationship chemistry issue between a quarterback wide receiver. And, you know, those guys will emerge at some point. The cream's going to rise to the top. There's such a good group, you know, and we may get Trajan Bridges back here sooner rather than later. And Jaden Hazelwood, maybe Hazelwood. Here's the thing, though. It's like, OK, well, what? snaps are you going to take away from the other like who is he going to go in for so that's how that's how deep we are right now i don't know if we have like the cd lamb at the top i mean i think it's obvious that we don't oh, forgot about that catch that was great <laughs> but the the quality from number one through about seven pass catchers is just really good yeah and then what lincoln riley loves is you spend a half hour talking about that long list of guys and he's going to throw it to Jeremiah Hall a couple of times on the goal line, which you forget about uh, yeah, the Bulls. Our H-backs are as yeah. good as anyone catching the football. All right, defense. Uh, it has been, um, you know, the subject of a lot of ire early in the season, but they forced the three turnovers on Saturday. What would you think about how the D played? I thought the defense, for the most part, played really well, but then there's a small portion in there where it got away from them a little bit. I think it had more to do with fatigue than anything. 
uh, our defensive line, whenever they were fresh and they were going, they were all over Sam Ellinger, and he was terrible. I mean, his numbers until about midway through the fourth quarter were not any good. Uh, but he piled them up there on those couple of drives late. And then, you know, obviously in overtime, he got to put up some big numbers as well rushing. But early on, they did a great job of corralling him. I thought we tackled better. I thought we covered better. We're just incrementally getting better. Is it where we need to be? Absolutely not. No coach is ever going to tell you that. But I think we're making the strides that we need to. And we played a lot more guys, yep. which helps on the second level, you know, staying fresh a little bit. Aguebu came in a backer so I think we're going to continue to see more and more guys rotate through played 10 guys in the secondary alone on Saturday they had forced only two turnovers total through the first three games but got three of them on Saturday and the first one was on the opening Texas possession of the contest yeah and Osamoa just scrapes it out right there uh, I'd rather see him go and just light that running back up right there and secure the tackle than brush off the football. But, hey, on this one, it worked. Um, you got to turn it over, right? And you got guys pursuing. I think that's Isaiah Thomas coming from the backside. I thought he played yeah, a great game. Big time game. Uh, the turnovers are the key, man. That's, that's it. That's where you uh, win football games. And, you know, I also thought early on, you know, whenever our offense turned it over, our defense goes out there deep in our own territory and forces a field goal. That's huge, too. So, I mean, look at these guys going up, making competitive plays. Woody Washington coming in there as a youngster. So he looks good. He does. He does. We're athletic. We can run. And we're starting to tackle better. We're not there yet, but we're close. Trey Brown, the clincher in the end zone. What about the pass rush? What about the pressure they were able to get on Ellinger? That's something else we haven't seen a lot of early in the well, year. Well, and you go back and watch that game, it tells the whole story. Whenever we're active and getting there, Sam Ellinger's terrible. Whenever we didn't get there, we're a little bit gassed and we get blocked up front, he picks us apart. So we've got to get a little bit more consistent. But whenever we're on, we are disruptive up there. Benito is starting to show up. Perry on Winfrey, whenever he decides to go, he's unstoppable. And you get Ellison making plays, Isaiah Thomas making plays. We've even got some really good blitz packages where we're adding the linebackers in there. So I'd say right now that it's getting better. Again, it's another, another portion of our defense that has to become more consistent. But you see what we're capable of, and we're starting to get more better play out of a, a bigger group of guys. Six tackles or six sacks on uh, Saturday, 15 combined sacks the last two years against Texas. And here you see it by the numbers two picks, one fumble, 10 tackles for loss, uh, six sacks, seven quarterback hurries. That happens whenever you play a game that's really 10 games in one. You know, you can you pad some of those stats when it goes on forever. Ellinger did lead the comeback. He did have a lot of uh, room to roam there late in regulation and in overtime. What still needs improvement on that side of the ball? Well, I mean, I think that all stems from a worn-out defensive line. It was hot out there, and whenever you're out there on the field and they're going up-tempo and they're throwing it and – the quarterback scrambling around in there, that defensive line just gets exhausted. And then what happens in the secondary? When these plays get extended, guys start grabbing on to the, the wide receivers that they're covering, and you get those defensive holding penalties. So I thought several times we did not have a very good coordinated rush. You see right here we've got no contain rusher, and it's just an easy out around the edge for Sam, Sam Ellinger. We've got to get better at coordinating our rush. If an outside rusher makes an inside move, you have to tell somebody so they can loop for contain. We don't run past the quarterback. We don't let him out on an on a easy escape to the, to the right or to the left, to the flank. And those plays will just absolutely kill you as a defense. Sam Ellinger in four years against OU, unofficially one million yards rushing. Mm -hmm. That's a rounded total, by the way. Mm -hmm. We'll take a break. We're talking about the rest of college football on Saturday when we come back right after this. The Huddle is brought to you by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Riverwind, still the one. 
Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind, and Homeland. Welcome back to Rudy's, everyone. It's the huddle brought to you by Bud Light. Hey, coming up in the next hour, we're going to have a a radio roundtable for you. It is the bye week, so we're going to be joined by our friends Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank talking more Sooner football. I think you're going to want to stick around for that. Meanwhile, around the rest of college football, it was an interesting and high-scoring Saturday, especially in the SEC. Let's start with the action down in College Station. Texas A&M hosting... Florida, Teddy, and uh, Florida came in with a lot of momentum, but it was a wild and woolly football game. No, it really was. You know, Texas A&M, we've been waiting for a game like this. You know, yes, it's tough in the SEC. They knew that whenever they moved down there, but uh, you've got to get over the hump and win a big game at some point, and they finally did it with the top five Florida coming to town. Kyle Trask has been playing really well. You see some of these highlights. He made some nice throws against them, but they hung around. Kellen Mond stayed tough, and they were able to get it in the end. Kellen Mond's been waiting for a a game to really break out, so to speak, and maybe this is going to be one for him. Here's Spiller. He's a beast. He's off to a really good start this year. So, yeah, we'll see if Texas A&M can build on it. A bomb of a field goal ties. I I thought uh, the Kyles of Florida on Kyle Field, I thought it was a sure thing Florida was coming away with the win, but wasn't men. I mean, and Florida really kind of coughed this one up late. They take the lead. They give it up. Kellen Mond ends up going for 338, three touchdowns. You mentioned Isaiah Spiller, 174 yards and two TDs. How about that? Texas A&M wins one. Jimbo needed 41-38. Meanwhile... How about this game? Alabama and Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban in an old-fashioned Big 12 shirt. Teddy, it looked like OU and Texas Tech in Lubbock. I'm waiting for the uh, game day segment about how pathetic the tackling and defenses are in the SEC. This is elite offense, Teddy. You don't understand what you're looking at here. Good point. Elite offense. No, it was – boy, it was something, um, you know – Ole Miss is, they're running that Baylor-style offense. Uh, Lebby mm-hmm. from Oklahoma back in the day is calling the plays there for Ole Miss and doing a really good job with what you see. I mean, it's it's up-tempo. You heard Saban in post games like, oh, they must have had our defensive signals. And Kiffin's like, uh, no, we have already called the play by the time you guys are trying to get the thing signaled <laughs> in. So that's that's not true. We don't care what you're in. Yeah, it was, it was something. Ole Miss – I don't know what their record's going to be this year, but they've showed that they're going to be dangerous because of that offense. Mac Jones threw for 447. Najee Harris, five touchdowns in this game. Bama won it 63-48 to in regulation. Auburn and Arkansas, uh, a more defensive affair. Barely. Sloppy game. And, man, I apologize to any Hog fans watching. You guys got robbed. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, no. It's a shame. I mean, just eat the whistle. If you're ever in doubt, eat the whistle, right, Toby? I mean, you can't oh, yeah. you can't just continue to call plays dead whenever you have the ability to go and review it. Now, I don't want them using the review as a crutch, but my goodness, on plays that you're not sure, let it play out. Well, what he's talking about is at the end of this game, and I don't know if the highlights are going to stick with long enough, but we'll get there but, eventually. It's uh, a hey, controversial call. I'll say yeah. this. Arkansas is vastly improved over what we've seen in Definitely. previous year, years. They, Sam Pittman doing a good job. They are. They're doing a good job with these guys. They're tough. They're gritty. And uh, I think they're going to continue to improve as the season rolls on. You see, it's 20-18 to 18 Auburn here late. We'll try to stick through the controversy if we can. Auburn runs it in. Looks like maybe they've taken control of the game. Arkansas showed some fight. Somebody missed a man in the secondary. and Arkansas makes a big play. Then they're going to hit another bomb in the end zone. How about this catch? Arkansas takes the lead with five and a half minutes to go. Auburn's going to march down and had a couple of chances at a field goal. The first one, ooh, Skyward. The first one they're going to yak coming up here in a bit, I believe. Yeah, here's the – Oh, they don't have the controversy. Boy, we held with that for you folks. Go look it up online. It's everywhere. There's yeah. a bad snap, and it ends up being a fumble, and they wave it back and give Auburn a second chance at a field goal. It was a shame. Uh, you know, I will say this for the officials in that. 
I've, you know, it's obvious whenever you see it that the the spike to kill the clock is a backwards pass. Yeah. But I've never seen that before. No. <laughs> you know, so I don't blame the officials. It's not like they're, okay, guys, remember, on these, on these clock killers, you make sure they're not throwing it backwards. You give them a pass on the extra 40 seconds they put on the fourth quarter on, in the OU Texas game? Did you catch that when it happened? Did not. I, I, I did. When he... When he said to move the clock back up, I remember thinking, that's a lot of time to put back up. But I didn't have any idea that it was a mistake. I'm glad you didn't catch it because, you know, I've noticed that on some penalties, they're, they're right about 90% of the time on how they mark off the yardage. Yeah. And that's a big annoyance of yours. When they miss it, <laughs> when they miss it, I call them out yeah. on it. And they well, did twice the ball's on supposed Saturday. to be on the 16 right now, but it's on the 18. I don't know what they're doing, but, you know, whatever. I can't imagine He's if making knew, fun of me, folks. knew they uh, uh, I would have given them the business. That's what I <laughs> would have done, right. but I didn't know. All right, we'll take a break. We're talking Big 12 football when we come back. Here it's the huddle at Rudy's. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics exclusively. Welcome back to Rudy's, everybody. That's Teddy Lehman. I'm Toby Rowland. Sooners coming off a four-overtime win over Texas on Saturday. They got the bye week this week. And then we head back down to the Metroplex a week from Saturday for another 11 a.m. kickoff as the Horned Frogs will be waiting. We'll talk more about that coming up on next week's show. But let's talk about the rest of the Big 12. It's starting to take a little bit of shape. It's still early, but everybody's played three games now, and three teams have risen to the top. There are only three undefeateds left in conference play. One of them, Iowa State. Iowa State hosting Texas Tech in Ames on Saturday. Yeah, and this is ugly for uh, Iowa State, and they've had some special teams problems. That's what got them beat against Louisiana early on, um, and here you see Texas Tech, but that Iowa State defense is going to dig in, and Brees Hall, fantastic right now, leads the Big 12 in rushing, 130-plus yards a game, eight touchdowns on the ground. Here's Kolar going after it again. Ooh, ooh. Better protect yourself there, big guy. But um, I think Iowa State's for real right now. I think I'd have to put them at number one in the conference. I know everyone wants to go ahead and crown Oklahoma State, but Iowa State went in and beat TCU yeah. on the road. They They've beat Oklahoma. Yeah. Right. So uh, I would take Iowa State right now. The question is, is what do we root for down the stretch? I'm not exactly sure I know. We've got to win out, but... We'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that coming up in a second. Uh, Purdy's rounding back into form. He was... Had a, a choppy start after leading the Big 12 in passing last year. Pretty choppy for him. He's starting to, to round back into the form that we expected. They're not scary explosive, but they're just kind of solid everywhere. Right. Both sides of the ball. I think what's scare, the scariest about them is the running game that they've got going. With Brees Hall leading the way, I mean, he's been fantastic. And we saw some of the runs that he had against us. Uh, he's really starting to hit his stride. Next up for Iowa State, they'll be at Oklahoma State in a week and a half. That'll be a big one. Meanwhile, the Battle of Purples down in Fort Worth, Kansas State and TCU. And the bad news for Kansas State is no Skyler Thompson the rest of the way for them. Yep. Uh, here you see, we've seen some of that before, some little quarterback run game. But, yeah, I mean, I thought the backup that came in did a pretty good job for the most part. Is he going to be Skylar Thompson? I doubt it, but Kansas State, let's face it, they're solid offensively. They've got a good system. Here's the tight end transfer that's turned into a really good player for them. And defensively, they're not going to blow you away, but they're just solid. I mean, 
that's that's the real similarity between Iowa State and Kansas State is they're just two all-around solid football teams. Will Howard is the name of the Kansas State quarterback that's taken over now. He went just 8 of 19 for 117 yards and a pick, but they found a way to win 21-14. So K-State moves to 3-0 and in the Big 12. Here are your updated conference standings through three games for most teams. You've got Kansas State uh, on the top along with Iowa State. This is your Big 12 report presented by Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Cowboys have only played two conference games. Of course, they had that one with Baylor postponed until later in the year. Sooners have moved into the middle of the pack there at uh, one and two. Which I believe Oklahoma State's first game that they're going to come back with is Iowa State. Yeah. And in Stillwater. I'm leaning Iowa State in that game. It's been way too long been for long Oklahoma time. State yep. since they've played. We still haven't seen their quarterback play any extended minutes. He's going to be incredibly rusty. I know he's going to be healthy and, and be ready to go. Um, and I know Oklahoma State's defense has looked good, but with a great running game, uh, tight ends, I mean, they've got all the weapons offensively. As of right now, I'm leaning Iowa State in that game. So you mentioned um, what does OU need to do to, to get into the game? Six games left for Oklahoma, conference games, and hopefully, if everything uh, goes according to plan. Um, I mean, I think the formula's as simple as Oklahoma's got to win out. They can't have any more losses, I don't think, in conference play. And those top three teams are all going to play each other. Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State all have to play each other. So that's three losses that are getting tagged on somebody. OU is going to play Oklahoma State the rest of the way under our win out assumption. Right. That's another loss. On so them. don't you have to ask for Iowa State to beat Oklahoma State? That's it, right? And then somebody else needs to take on some water. Yeah, a little. Yeah. Bit. You need you need one other thing, Kansas maybe two State, to happen. I, and I, I say that, but I I don't feel great about Kansas State down the stretch losing Skylar Thompson. It's gonna be tough. So, but those two teams have the tiebreaker over Oklahoma. So they've got to get to three losses. One of them does anyway. Well, but here's, get to three the, losses. here's the thing is if Iowa State beats Oklahoma State, that's one for Oklahoma State. We beat them. We'll mm-hmm. have the tiebreak over Oklahoma State. Like if we win out, that would eliminate Oklahoma State. So you'd only have to worry about Kansas State at that point. So, I we mean. Could, we could do this all night. Yeah. yeah. It's, Which, it's, if OU wins out, really good shot they're going to be in the game. Not yeah. a guarantee, but a really good shot. Another good Sunday for Sooners in the NFL, C.D. Lamb. Yes, sir. Eight catches, 124 yards. Browns, 4-1. 4-1, they beat my Colts this week. Baker's got them rolling, got a little dinged up. But he said his mom didn't raise any non-tough guys. Right. And they're going to go play Pittsburgh this week. That'll be fun. That's going to be a great game. I'll tell you right now, the AFC North, you may have three teams make the playoffs. I know we've got expanded playoffs this year, but – Pittsburgh's undefeated. Ravens, excellent football team. Cleveland Browns 4-1 right now. We'll see. Kyler Murray, big numbers again, and now set for his first Monday night football appearance against the Dallas Cowboys next week. How about that? Down in Arlington. Another TD for Hollywood. Is Mark Andrews the best tight end in the NFL now? He's getting up there. I think this year his numbers are going to – reflect that he's a pro bowler a year ago i know he's this so good the numbers he gets are not talked about like the other guys are i mean we hear all all of these other you know how great kelsey is and i'm not saying those guys aren't but at some kittle. point uh kittle mark andrews has to start drawing some big time national attention doesn't he uh yeah we're giving it to him right here <laughs> uh we'll take a break when we come back our picks this week and Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank are right around the corner. We'll be back on The Huddle, brought to you by Bud Light. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. All right, here's a look at how we did last week on the Pick'em segment. Both of us, Ted, had the Florida Gators and should have been right. Round of applause out there for me, that K-State pick over TCU. Gave that away. Uh, We both had Mac Brown in North Carolina. That was a winner. 
You took Kansas State. Nicely done by you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both had Iowa State. We both had Clemson. So, uh, Teddy, within a game now, at 14 and 10, I'm at 15 and 9. Hot on my heels. Yeah. All right? And I think we have a bunch different this week. I got a sneak peek at your picks. I don't want you ever looking at my picks again, okay? You hit reply all on the group email. I, well, you and did it's too. your fault. I, maybe I picked the way I did because I saw oh, your picks first. Okay. All okay. right. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. The first game this week, Cincinnati at Tulsa, the American Athletic Conference. Hey, Tulsa coming off that That's big right. win. Are they going to get another one? Played Oklahoma State really tight. Could have won that game. Uh, uh, penalty down the stretch cost them. Beat UCF. I got Tulsa winning the football game. Really? Why not? Let's go. Someone around here has got to beat some top ten teams, right? Ooh, ah, um, listen, this is going to be like opposite of SEC football. This is going to be low scoring, good defense, <laughs> nitty gritty. Like Cincy has a great defense. Tulsa's got a really good defense. This could be like 10-3, okay. something like that, 13-10. But I've been saying all year I think Cincinnati is the best non-Power 5 team in the country. Luke Fickle's got a squad. Sorry, Tulsa. I think since he's coming in, I think they're going to win a tight one. The best non-power five team in the state. How about that? <laughs> the bold, <laughs> bold prediction. All right, BYU in Houston. BYU's unbeaten. Well, so is Houston. For that fact, they're one and zero after Dana finally got his team on the field last week. Who you got? This is a Friday night game, by the way, and a good one. BYU is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look fantastic so far this year. So. I'm going to take BYU in this one. They've got both sides of the ball playing really well. Uh, Houston, this season has been incredibly difficult for them. So give me BYU. That's wrong. Um, I'm going to take Houston. BYU has been impressive, but if you you noticed last week, they barely snuck past uh, UTSA. Mm -hmm. I think they're coming back a bit. Houston, first half against Tulane looked ugly and then really hit the gas. So they got a game under their belt now. The game is at Houston. I think Dana's going to hand BYU their first loss. Cool. By the way, remember uh, Marquez Stevenson, wide receiver for them, who played against Oklahoma, electric, one of the best players in the country. He'll have a big night. Texas A&M and Mississippi State out of the SEC. If there's one thing I know about Texas A&M is they do not know how to handle success. Okay, a big win over a top five football team in Florida. Uh, Mond looked good. Spiller looked good. I think they're going to score plenty of points against Mississippi State. But, you know, just whenever you leave Leach for dead, they show up and win. What's going on with their team this year? A game they shouldn't win. You know, I don't know. They scored two against Kentucky. Points, two. Which is, they scored zero. I mean, offensively, you know, it's. First time ever for Leach that his teams didn't score an offensive touchdown. So uh, everything in the world says do not take Mississippi State yeah. here. And I probably shouldn't, but I'm riding with Leach, man, all day long. I ride with Coach Leach. You're probably right, and I will be rooting for that <laughs> outcome. But A&M just got a big win. Mississippi State just scored two points their last time out. Uh, I like Isaiah Spiller a lot. I'll take Texas A&M. Sticking to the SEC, LSU at Florida. Now, I don't know if this game's going to happen or not. Just before we came on the air, Florida shut things down. They've had a bunch of positive tests down there. So whether they kick or not, I'm not sure. But if they do, who you got? There'll be 90,000 people there. Whether no, there will a game not, or not be 90,000 people there. <laughs> According Much to, to Dan Mullen's chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking Florida. I, You know, they, they got beat on the road out there at Texas A&M. And, you know, I – I like Trask. I think they're going to bounce back. I think they'll be fine. Uh, I don't like LSU. They've got problems down there defensively. So give me Florida. Ed Orgeron says they need to simplify the defense, which is code for we're not very good on defense. (laughs) So if they play, I'll take Florida too. And finally, the game of the day in college football is primetime in Tuscaloosa. Number two, Bama. Number three, Georgia. Give me Alabama. Uh, I know they gave up a ton of points there to Ole Miss. I think they're going to bounce back. Uh, Georgia is really good defensively, but I don't know that Stetson's going to give them what they need on the offensive (laughs) side. He's been good for them. He's been efficient. I think he's got five touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been really clean, but they're going to need some playmaking ability if they're going to be able to keep pace with Mac Jones in Alabama. Give me Bama. Georgia on defense, you mentioned it. Great. Not just good. They're great. Great. They're fantastic. Alabama on defense, 
not great. <laughs> right. But the opposite is true on offense. Like, Alabama's just coming at you with weapons. And Georgia, eh, I think in the end, the game's in Tuscaloosa. Mac Jones greater than Stetson Bennett the fourth in my mind. I'll take Alabama, but I don't like it as it's coming out of my Mac mouth. Mac Jones is thrown for like 1,200 yards. Been He's great. 85% completion percentage. He's played really well. Let's take a look at our TV lineup that we've got coming up for you on Sooner Sports TV. You know, we've always got you covered. Whether it's a bye week or a game week, you can count on wall-to-wall coverage of Oklahoma football. Of course, we've got Radio Roundtable coming up right after this. Spotlight on Thursday night. Flashback, you're looking back at that Texas game and uh, – doing the 2010 Texas game as well on Friday night. Those flashbacks are a lot of fun. And then volleyball at home this weekend. You can watch on Sunday afternoon as they take on the Kansas Jayhawks. Sooner Sports featured coming up. Jessica Cootie does a great job on those. And then next week, we'll be right back here with you on a game week, getting you set for OUTCU with the Lincoln Riley press conference at noon, the huddle, and Sooner Sports talk with Lincoln Riley at 6 and 7 p.m. And before we get out of here tonight, we must say a fond farewell and good luck to our producer, Zach Tilly, who has been our producer for the last couple of years on this show. He is leaving us for the, uh, well, everybody's moving to Detroit these days. I know. So he's uh, headed up to Detroit, has done a fantastic job, and we're going to, Zach, we're going to miss you. Great job, buddy. Just in time for that winter weather. He missed the beautiful summers. <laughs> it's going to be cold whenever you show up, Zach. Now, now, well, best of luck to you, buddy, and uh, we're going to miss you big time. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. We're going to get out of here. When we come back, we'll be joined on the radio roundtable right around the corner by our friends Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank. More OU Texas talk coming up. Stick with us. We're at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, you've been listening to the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Riverwind, still the one. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.